kind of like a launch podcast, I guess, for your age. <clears throat> All right. There's more to come, though, right? There's a lot, a lot more to come, yeah. Boy. House of VRA concept is... What does this have to do with photography? The more I talk about this, the more I get heart palpitations. I don't want to speak about it too much because it's also like still, you know, um, a little surprise, I guess. What constitutes a good photo? Um, You're colorblind, right? It's, it's a huge challenge, for sure. I think intention is, is absolutely everything. I wasn't making it. <laughs> Just saying. Now I'm actually becoming a photographer. Yeah, the best photographers in the world, even today, they don't do that. If you look back on that now, what would you do differently, if anything? Goes into like the dirty and imperfectness of imperfection. Imperfectness. Imperfectionism. Imperfection. Why did that mindset change? Something happened to me when I arrived on that island. Hey guys, before I let you continue with the video, just indulge me for a few minutes. I want to briefly talk about my new brand, Yore. Founded with my business partner and photographic artist, Finn Matson, we're proud to bring you a new artisanal jewelry and specialty coffee brand. Yep, what on earth do they have to do with each other or anything at all? Well, they're both our passions. They've always been another artistic outlet for me, now for over a decade. So for those that know me, coffee has been my other obsession since I was young. And as a result of it, I'm a qualified SCA coffee specialist. So when I met Finn, some of you might have seen my podcast with him when we barely knew each other. Our love for art and jewelry had a home. And that home is here, House of Yore. Yore is, amongst others, an artisan jewelry label. And it's all about the art of intent for everything that we do. Our intention with Yore was to add a touch of celestial elegance and artistic expression to our visual narratives. Every jewelry piece is a statement, a reflection of your unique story and purpose. It's not just about jewelry, it's a wearable piece of art that speaks volumes. Picture this silver or gold adorned with an actual piece of lunar meteorite. That's right, straight from our moon, making every piece as unique as the moments that we usually capture through our lenses. From limited edition lunar jewelry pieces to finely crafted 925 sterling silver and gold rings, pendants and chains, there's something for all of you in our unique designs. We're also committed to the environment as much as possible. Our coffee is direct trade, organically produced and locally farmed, minimizing impact on the environment as much as possible. Our jewelry packaging is all sustainable and recycled, other than the moon rock, of course. Proudly eco-friendly in both packaging and jewellery production, you can feel good about looking good. And to top it off, we offer free worldwide shipping, ensuring that a piece of lunar beauty can grace your collection no matter where life takes you. And if you ever find yourself here in Bali, please come and visit us. Our cafe and community-driven art house is a haven for creatives just like you. So before we head back into the video, please just take a moment to explore Yore's collection. And as a special treat for you, my wonderful audience, Yore is offering an exclusive discount. Head over to our website and use the code below for a 10% discount off your jewelry purchase. The link and details are in the description. Anyway, thanks so much for listening and I'll let you get back to the video now. What's that thing, by the way? Is it like an iPad or? This. Yeah. This is uh, remarkable. 
Remarkable is basically a digital notepad, but it's way more than that. I think about it like, um, what are they called? Like a, a writable Kindle. Oh, you know no Kindle, way. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's I like there's lot. no electric screen, there's no blue light, and it's just it's black and white, but it's great for like annotating PDFs, doing journals, just making notes. And obviously you don't have to carry around a whole pad of paper and stuff. So yes, I no use way. it use it for everything. I should really get sponsored by them. <laughs> Good idea. Can I have a look at it? Yeah, mate. Magnetic pen just attaches to the side like that. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I love that it's like not like um like a blue light yeah. screen, right? Yeah. So that, like that's an iPad. It just, actually looks like paper. And if the whole their whole MO was to um make it feel like you're writing on paper, which you know, you can still kind of feel a difference, but compared to a like a screen, an electric screen. Yeah. I mean this is electronic, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um you can actually you can change the pen type and it actually feels different. It feels like you're writing on paper. It's, no it's way. incredible technology. Um, cool man I should check it out yeah check it out remarkable.com it's great for any kind of shoots as well you know if you have like a shot list on there and just can tick it off or quickly write something I use this more for photography than anything else because it's like PDFs briefs mood boards and just ideas like video ideas shot ideas Um, you can put photos on here as well I mean obviously they're not color or anything but you can like make notes Um, if you're like teaching someone you can bring a photo up and you can write um, you know how you see like reels and videos where people scratch, you know, right on the screen, like highlights, you know, you, yeah. can, you can do that as well. It's pretty fucking cool. I love it. Yeah. Man, I need one of those. I write some, I love writing with my hand. Like yeah. I'm, I'm just really slow at writing on the computer as well. So, and scientifically more goes in if you actually write it down rather than make a note on your, oh, no way. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. True. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what we do? <laughs> podcast finn matson you are the first guest to come back on the mood podcast but for a very special reason i mean people watching this will see that the environment's a bit different um we are in uh i guess since we last met and not since we last met since we first met which i guess would be nearly 18 months ago now you came on the podcast about nine months ago i think it was in march yeah it was in march so we're now december so yeah about nine months um we've gone into business together. So do you want to share kind of that story with the people watching, explain kind of where we are, why we're not in the, the Mood Studio? I'd love to. So yes, Yo Ray is in short a jewelry label, but it's also so much more. It's art, it's um, a community, it's a place for people to come together and create together as well. Um I've been thinking about it last night, actually, and I think it actually started like a really long time for me. Um, I remember I was like 10 or 11 and my grandma took me to a silversmith course. So I made my first ring when I was 11. Um, Actually, my two rings, I made one for my first girlfriend back then and I made one for myself. Um, And I was wearing it as a necklace and she was wearing it on her finger. It was cute. and What was it? But. Uh, it was literally just, just a silver ring. Just a ring. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't look very special. I mean, it was the first ring I you ever made, so it was, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's when I first got into that a little bit, when I first got into wearing jewelry myself. And um, thanks to my grandma, actually, because she like she really pushed me to that direction. She's an artist herself as well. 
um, in terms of painting, painting, pottery, photography, making our own jewelry, things like that. So I'm very glad to have her to like put me into that direction. So that, that, that's when it kind of started for me personally. And I think the idea of having a brand kept on going, uh, over the years so when i was 16 i started something again i tried to start my own clothing brand again with my grandma so she was literally helping me to buy the right material she was sewing it for me together um we were kind of building it together we made like i don't know 50 hoodies or whatever it all failed in the end but it's like kind of um yeah good point to like when when i kind of feel like everything started right and it kept on being a dream of mine to like build a community around that and like build my own brand, a label, right? So um, last year when I moved to Bali, I feel like many things changed for me, especially in terms of mindset and um, how I feel. And also in terms of business, I felt like I want I want to expand. I want to do more things. I do not just want to do photography. I want to be more like an entrepreneur and try different things. and. Yeah, it was something I always wanted to do. But finally last year I was like, let's stop fucking around. You know, like let's let's just do it. What can happen? I can fail, yeah, but that's the only thing that could go wrong, right? Or at least I know I tried it. Um so yeah, and then I met you. Um and I think we didn't even speak about it in the last podcast, but we had a little chat afterwards. Yep. And I mentioned to you that you know i kind of started a jewelry brand or i'm exploring the idea i'm trying to design and make my first few pieces and see how it goes and i don't even think you said too much about it it was more like you know like like it was like small talk just a little bit about that um but then yeah a few few months later which i'm very glad about you asked me out for lunch i thought you wanted to have like a little date or something but (laughs) well might have done (laughs) <laughs> but um yeah we actually started talking more about the jewelry and you were really interested in knowing what it's all about because you yourself are very um you're an artist first of all but you're also wearing always a lot of jewelry you you like jewelry and um yeah that's how it all started with us i guess and yeah like six months later not less four months later i guess i don't even know when that lunch was but it was like July or August. Yeah, I guess it must have been. Yeah. yeah. So n- and now we're sitting here at the house of Yore. So what's that? Explain just kind of the house of Yore concept. House of Yore concept is, it's an art house, first of all. It's a place for people to get together, to create together, to talk about art, to talk about the jewelry, to talk about photography. Um Hopefully there will be exhibitions in the future or like workshops, um, any kind of these things. So first of all, it's for us a place for the community. Um, but it also is a specialty coffee place and it's a showroom for our jewelry. And we also have like the Yore studio upstairs, which is a photography studio to rent with any kind of equipment you want. Basically, it's just the best concept ever. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, so for people listening, I mean, we this used to be my office, right? So this, um, I'm not sure if we ever showed the office on on any of my channels, but um, 
we decided to we we wanted a different outlet for the jewelry right that's kind of where it came about but me being i guess stubborn and but obsessed with coffee from a young age um i i always always dreamt of having my special my own specialty coffee place and now i guess kind of do but it, it just fit didn't it like you know hopefully you know before this podcast people would have the opportunity to see the website and you know see a little video about it but the jewelry, the way we display it here, as well as the photography. I mean, we sat here with with essentially your art on the walls and which is for sale. Um, but more just to experience, right? Sit here and and experience it. So I think it all goes together and that's what we we wanted, wasn't it? Just art at the center, right? For sure. Art, yeah. art at the center and, and everything else kind of feeds into that. Which was that always a a concept you had in mind because it sounds like the the jewelry came before photography and photography was maybe an easy outlet for you because it just meant getting a camera and going out shooting right and learning how to shoot rather than like trying to find investment for a big jewelry brands and stuff like that was that how it came about um or at least yeah. was that the order should i say is it, it definitely was the order 100 and um yeah that that's definitely the right order and i think I mean, it all comes back to art, right? In the end, it was just easier for me to pursue photography. It wasn't that easy either, but like it was easier to pursue that rather than like building a brand that's that's so much more connected to it. Um, but yeah, that's definitely, and and I think a lot in terms of mindset as well. I feel like building building something like that, a label, and like the community around it, and. and over the products and the house and everything it's so much but like i feel like it always felt like i probably can't make it right so i think that make that big mindset change i had last year really like put me into that of like no man you can you can do it if you want it you know i've already built something similar in terms of my photography and i hate calling it a business but like my photography community pretty much um so what would stop me off doing it again, right? What changed? Then why why did that mindset change? Was it Bali? Or people? It it definitely was Bali, man. And like was it something happened to me when I arrived on that island. Um I don't know what you want to call it, the energy here. Maybe it's the people, maybe I don't know what it is, but something changed for me, um, which I actually don't have words for. Like yeah, like my mindset became so much better. Like I'm, I'm so much happier. Um, I do things. I'm not just talking about. Then I'm, I'm not fucking around. You know, like if I have an idea, if I want to do something, same for photography. If I want to create a, a shoot or if I want to create something, I, I do it. While before I was a little bit more like you know, had quite a lot of fear of things. Were like a little bit hesitant towards some some things. Um. So yeah, I cannot tell you what it is, but there's something about that island which changes me. And I know many other people have a very similar experience about this island. Maybe, I mean, feel like you as well, I guess, you know. Um, and maybe it's the people as well, you know, being surrounded by so many creatives, by so many entrepreneurs that are chasing their dreams and they're not, you know, um, being scared of failing. So I think, yeah, it's, it's a very special place. It does change. I mean, the amount of people that say, say the same thing, um, especially, I guess, younger people who are a bit more like in search of, in search of something. Um, 
but it you know definitely changed us as well i think i think it can be known as like the field of dreams it's also cheaper to live here right so if if you're pursuing something it's you can probably pursue it for twice as long without getting in the same kind of financial issues right so that helps time and money yeah the energy a- here is definitely um from a from a cynical person like me there is something here that i don't know inspires encourages um develops a, an individual or, or a group of people this it is it is incredible 100% and i'm fascinated by it how it connects people as well you know like you and me are the best example but i know so many examples of similar experiences from other people or even for me you know like meeting like the right videographer to create something together or meeting like local people like last year I shot a film about a local um guy called Dodok um he's a stunt driver so i love motorbikes like you know where in the world do you find someone that's just keen to create things like that you know um models business partners like i think this island is really connecting people on a great level and there's not many other places in the world where it's such an amount of creative people they're all keen to make something happen right on the flip side have you found it different or difficult to actually do business here you know like suppliers vendors creditors customers idea you know making an idea instead of creating an idea and putting it into a visual medium like photography like creating an idea and putting it into like physical medium right how have you found that um It's it's a huge challenge for sure. Um not saying that I don't enjoy the process because I think there's things a lot of things were happening that nothing really worked out at the beginning but it all put us on the right path, right? So I feel that comes back again to that energy here like things might not work out straight away but it actually will put you on the right path and you know great maybe something even better, you know, even in terms of like jewelry production or like you know um designs and stuff like that it's like there's definitely been a few problems with that but like in the end i think it's it's working out very well yeah we're we're behind schedule a little bit but for good reasons i guess yeah it's it's kind of worked out for 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 the right reason we we're trying to make christmas That's it. And like, you know, in a year or two, we're going to look back at that and be like, oh, you yeah. remember the first yeah. few months when we started yeah. and everything was late and nothing worked out. And like, but right now we're learning so much. It's actually insane how much we're learning, you know, from like having employees, um, designing jewelry, building a, a, a label in the end, right? There's so much connected, like, fuck, we can talk about it for days probably, but, um, yeah, it's, it's difficult on, on this show to, um, talk you know to talk too much about your i guess because you know i don't want to people might be watching this and go well what does this have to do with me and what does this have to do with photography but it actually has everything to do with photography right i a from the inception of your a was purely art and photography from your from your skills and experience of photography but now it's still photography that kind of holds all the glue together or at least art um you know when you sit down and and conceive a new jewelry piece like you're 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 thinking in a in a photographic way you're thinking in an artistic way and the same with everything we do here um but for the purposes of i guess this episode how, why should 
people continue watching this, we're going to just be, I mean, we're going to talk about URA. We're going to talk about a few different elements of URA, but we're also going to talk about photography, right? Because I think, For sure. you know, we're going to talk about your trip to get all the, you know, people seeing the website, this is all Finn getting content in, in America, in Hong Kong, in Bali, around the world. So we obviously going to talk about that. I really want to hear about it, but you know, talk, talk to the people out there. Like, why should they care about your right? I mean, photography is art, right? Um, and, and photography is self-expression, in my opinion. Like, like if I go out and I do a shoot, let, let's put the commercial side away. But like, if you do like a personal shoot, you want to express something, right? You want to express your feelings or what, whatever it is. Um, and, I think jewelry is something very similar. I mean, clothing as well, you know, like how you look in the end is like self-expression. That's how you convey a message about you to other people, right? So I don't think there's much of a difference. It's both self-expression and um, being able to wear a piece of art, which I think our jewelry is because there's so much effort um, in the designs and like everything, right? So I think yeah, that that's that's just part of it. Um, and again, we're not just building a jewelry label. We're building. We we want to like inspire people and motivate them to create in any kind of way, right? Um, this jewelry could be part of your next shoot because, like you know, it suits the environment, or like um, it could be part of your painting, or you know, like there's so many things. And especially if we get a little bit closer into like the products itself like they're very special there's like um for example we have one line which has uh moon rock in it lunar meteorites so it's extremely special that's you're literally wearing a piece of our moon which i personally find extremely inspiring first of all i have a big connection to the moon myself um but but just being able to wear something like that i think is is very unique and and it's inspiring, right? Yep. Um So, yeah, like like that. That also goes back to quite a long time ago for me. For example, just telling you a little bit of a backstory. Um, I was living in Sydney, and I didn't really have much to shoot. Right? It was like that was probably six months for me. All I was doing was like planning for like three weeks where I shoot the next full moon, um, because I had to work. I had like a day job. I didn't couldn't really do much more things than that. So that became almost a thing that made me even like survive these six months, you know, to like keep my mind fairly like good without like going too crazy with like doing some pretty shitty work and stuff. Um, so for me now, actually like, like the moon's just been in that journey all the time, right. From photography to now the jewelry. So um, I think that's very special and, and I hope that's inspiring for people. So tell us, briefly about the jewelry side of your rate so what you know what do we sell um you, you mentioned moon rock lunar meteorites what 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 kind of items do we sell in what materials and what what were the thought processes behind i guess each design or the collection yeah so i think it all started um with the lunar meteorites with the moon rock rings um because again, as I mentioned before, I feel this connection to the moon and it's something I've never really seen before. So I thought it would be cool just to do one for myself. That's how it actually started, like a little bit more than a year ago. Um, so that's part of 
um, our first collection. There's going to be two pieces, um, which is a ring with um, a lunar meteorite, two rings with lunar meteorites, and two pendants as well. Um, and alongside that, we have another 12 pieces, rings and um, uh, pendants. They're all, I think their designs are all related to um, some things from my life. For example, one is like the dragonfly ring, um, which is my favorite animal. You know, like I have a dragonfly tattoo here. You got one too now as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, and all of them are produced in 925 recycled silver. So we're really trying to be sustainable with that as well. Try to know where all our um, products come from, um, making sure that the people are fairly paid and that it's all good in that um, direction. Same for our packaging. We're actually, um, instead of having plastic or paper packaging, we're doing um, ceramic boxes, which the ring comes in, which is cool in two ways because people can just keep it and reuse it and, um, yeah, not throw it away, I guess, you know, mm. because that's what usually happens with the packaging. Um, and on top of that, we also have the same collection, but in gold, which is gold-plated with 24 karat gold. Yeah. Yeah. There's more to come, though, right? Oh, there's, there's a, a, lot lot, a lot more to come, yeah. Yeah, so if people want to check those out, they can definitely go to the website. What a, You know, in terms of the... Um, the branding, let's say, and you know, this is good kind of insights for for photographers who want to kind of develop their style or learn about maybe your style or how you're a have branded ourselves and kind of what the, um, I guess, what the concepts are behind that. You know, whether they're kind of cinematic, dreamy. There's definitely some underlying themes there with the jewelry and the content and the coffee and the house, etc. Tell us a little bit about. Um, you know, before a few months ago, you, you had to go to, you didn't have to, we chose that you'd go to LA, Hong Kong, Bali to give a bit more of a wider, a wide array of, I guess, content, right? People, models. Yeah. Just, I don't know <laughs> what other word to use. Yeah, I know. Content. Get content. It's, we we got to use it. I, I guess, guess it is content. Yeah. Um, tell us about that trip and what you were trying to do with with the Yore branding and the Yore art. Yeah, so so that trip was, I mean, the, f the first trip for Yore and um, it's the first time I'm personally shooting for it as well, which was super exciting. Um, we did one week in LA um, and three days in Hong Kong. Um, my good friend, our good friend Chris joined us um, as a videographer while I was directing it. Chris Glaze. Chris Glaze, yeah. Um, check him out on Instagram. <laughs> he's really good with um <laughs> he's really good with Roger Ampat Reels. That's it. Yeah, that that's his niche, you know. Um <laughs> bless him. Sorry, um, Chris. Love you. Yeah. Um so yeah, like I was directing shooting photos and uh he was shooting video. Another friend, Elliot, joined as well for a few days to shoot some more video. Um The idea was to really like try to capture um, what I feel about the brand, right? What how I feel about the brand. Uh, so we we had multiple days of shooting, different models, different things to shoot. For example, we shot like 
a motorbike in the desert. We shot a rooftop in Hong Kong. We shot in a studio in LA. So we have like a huge diversity of different locations, different people. But all of these people are artists themselves. So for example, another shoot we did in, in LA was shooting with Andre, who is a professional skateboarder. Um, and it's actually the first time ever that I that I shoot and I'm really going with the flow. Obviously, I had a plan, but I really wanted to capture that artist and his environment and what he's good at doing, right? I didn't want him to like post too much or, you know, like, yeah, like, like I just really wanted him to be him. And that turned out absolutely great. Like, like the footage and images we could capture feel extremely authentic, but also very dreamy, very um, nostalgic, very artsy. So, um, and I think that really aligns with the brand. Plus, yeah, just having these special people in it is great as well. Obviously, they're wearing um, the jewelry, but we didn't try to make the jewelry the main part of it. We tried to make the person, the artist, main part of it. And the jewelry is like a side thing of that, right? Um, and I think that's something we really want to continue doing as well. Like, first of all, supporting other artists and creating with them, or maybe we get them to create in the future or wherever it's going to go. Um, so yeah, I, I can't wait to put that all out and show it to the world what we created. And I hope it's going to be inspi inspirational and motivational as well, you know? Well, by the time this episode comes out, we're, well, we're not going to put this episode out without the, um, the website and and everything else up but you know the links will be in the description so check it out but um you know everywhere we talk about um art of intent right that's kind of what we've decided to to i guess give a slogan or a catchphrase or whatever tacky label you want to put on it but do you want to explain a little bit the about the, the thought process behind that the art of intent for sure i mean for for all of my photography it's always been intention being a big thing like like I always really had the intention of for example express my feelings through a shoot I do or like like I didn't just want to go out to shoot for the sake of shooting right I, like I wanted an intention and I think that goes into all of the jewelry as well you know like why are we doing that why what what does that piece itself mean you know for example the moon rock pieces like it means so much. It's like a connection to a moon. You can actually wear a piece of the moon in a beautiful design. So like the intention behind that is like to, you know, inspire people and, and like connect them with, with our nature pretty much because the moon is kind of nature as well, right? Um, and the same for the house. Like everything in here is has so much intention. Like, you know, we, we have this couch here because not, because we want many people to sit here and buy coffee. We want have this, right? We want people to have a conversation about the photos on the wall, which are right now mine, but maybe in the future we have exhibitions from other people or talk about the jewelry that's right here or just have a chat or plan a shoot or plan painting together. Or So that's, that's the intention behind that, right? Same for the coffee. Like the coffee is not here for the sake of the coffee. The coffee is here because it connects people and that's the intention um, that we have with the entire label to to build that community, to connect people, to inspire people, to motivate people and to create together in the end. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, the, the, the creation side of it runs through literally everything and I think that's where you and I kind of hit it off so well because 
all we want to do is just make stuff. That's it. Like, yeah. And and the business side of things, and I've had this for years. I just get, I just, I just get so. I mean, we're both both have our different strengths and weaknesses, but I, don't, I generally speaking, we just both can't stand like the, the doing the business stuff. So it's absolutely necessary, of course it is. But um, you know, if we could just create and get paid, paid for just make stuff all day, brilliant. I mean, um, but it's easier said than done. But it goes with everything. You know, the coffee is taking up. I, don't, I guess it takes up half this room, if that, maybe a third of it. But it's that's the focal point, really. Um, you know, we have the jewelry here, have the art, we have kind of accessories and peripherals. But people will mostly come in to be connected with something. But like you said, the community is super important, and people being able to. By the way, we, this is not a podcast couch, right? This is it's, we're going to move everything out so people can actually sit here and chill and drink coffee. Yeah, <laughs> but the coffee is an expression of our creation, and totally. um, you know, when it comes to the jewelry and photography, that's probably more your end. When it comes to um, you know, the studio and the um, the coffee is kind of more my end. We kind of meet somewhere in the middle. I mean, the coffee is is people don't quite understand this and I'm looking forward to actually conversing with people about it, about how how much art there is involved, how much creation there is involved, especially with specialty coffee because it's direct from that you have a relationship with the bean itself, the, the, the actual seed that gets planted, you know exactly where that is on what hill and you know exactly what process it goes through, you have a relationship with a farmer. So every step of the way from bean to cup without, you know, throwing another catchphrase in there we have full creative freedom over it and that for me is like oh it's just just amazing it is like a photographic process where you're like okay come up with a concept what do you want to express so for you when it comes to the brand and you mentioned it when you were talking i think this is really important especially for for newbies and people you know, I know loads of people look at your art, right, and want to shoot like you. So can you just give us a little bit more detail about, you talked about how you wanted to shoot the way you feel about the brand, right? Can you dive a little bit deeper into that? Like, maybe don't give us technical stuff, maybe you can, but in terms of your thought process when you're out there in the desert in LA, you know, how are you feeling? What do you want to feel about this brand? What do you want others to feel about this brand? And how do you feel about this brand? And how does that go into from your brain through to the lens, right? Yeah, so using the example of being in the desert um, outside of LA, for example, it's, I really wanted to feel like what I felt there was freedom and I really wanted to put that freedom, in, freedom into my images as well. Um, and it was, and that's that's still really new for me because usually I'm like, or at least I used to be quite, technical about my shoes I really like you know make sure my settings are all good and all these things you know um but this time it was just yeah I, I was really like trying to capture that moment with that artist instead of trying to you know name my settings or even like my composition or, or so many things I like almost didn't really give a shit about these images turned out so beautifully like not perfect at all but I feel like really that's what we want with the brand as well because the 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 jewelry is not perfect. It's raw, you know, it's, it's, it's rough. It's like, you know, not every ring is the same comes to the moon rock, for example, like each ring ex actually will be different than another one because the moon rock, moon rock will look different. Um, so I really tried to have that in, in the, in the images as well. It was a beautiful process to, um, shoot like that and like 
come away a little bit from that perfectionism and go more into like actually feeling and um that has been a beautiful journey in my life in general over the last few years from like becoming a photographer you know like being so extremely obsessed with like shooting the perfect image and then i kind of hit that point that i i mean that sounds a little bit arrogant but like can shoot that perfect image and you know what i fucking hate it <laughs> yeah i like i feel nothing i look and what's at, next literally like yeah. i look at these images and i'm like cool that's clean that's perfect composition is awesome light is awesome everything is just totally on point and it makes me feel nothing so it's beautiful to see that to step back from that and like go into a different direction and same again for jewelry as well you know instead of like having that perfect beautifully made ring um i way more prefer like a handmade raw um you know a little bit matte ring instead of like having that perfect thing there right um because it's just it it feels more true it feels more real it feels more authentic um and that's how it all aligns with each other right um it's not much difference between the process of photography and the process of jewelry and the beautiful thing is something that i've been learning here right now the same goes for coffee like actually the process of producing a jewelry piece and the process of getting that cup of coffee if you look at it from the start to the beginning it's very very similar very similar, very, very similar. Yeah. and the same with things like wine i mean you could pick any yeah. you could pick you could pick type of food you could pick um or you could pick a cuisine shall we say yeah. you could pick many types of drinks um you could pick architecture you could That's pick it. you know all of these kind of artistic outlets the the problem that coffee has and has to battle and we're going to have to battle here is that most people just know coffee as like Starbucks or Nespresso that they get in their home, right? Or just instant coffee or filtered coffee that they buy ground in supermarkets being sat there for at least a month, you know? Yeah. Like there is there is an element uh, and, and I like to do that with photography as well, like a little bit of education. I I definitely don't know everything, of course, but um, if we educate uh, through this kind of medium, whether it's photography, jewelry, coffee, anything um we'll also learn along the way right and that's where that imperfection comes in is we both find that difficult it's like this is not right this is not good enough this is not right and i think that's important for for beginner photographers or amateur photographers to understand is like do what you know do what you love right and that doesn't have to be perfect and it's all a process and if as long as you can find a way to enjoy that process um which is difficult very difficult sometimes very difficult um but if you can find a way to enjoy that process, that's everything. 100%. I think, like, yeah, like the process itself. And I think we're both like process people, right? If we if we would make it about the end product, if that was the only goal, then, then all of this wouldn't be how it is, right? And, and, and I love to see that in the photography as well because that's exactly how it started for me, right? To like, I wasn't a process person. I was the one that like, chases that one photo that's so perfect and and i wasn't happy until i had that thing but now i'm shooting as in terms of like oh i, I love the process of you know shooting it creating it i don't really care too much about the end product and same for the jewelry right like the process of actually designing your old piece making the first molds making the first samples you know like going oh back God, and forth like you know it's, it's so much but the process of it is is beautiful right and and in the end that's what it's all about, right? Like you gotta enjoy that process. Otherwise there's no point. Yeah. Um I think that's 
I think it's everything, actually. I think that how many times do we get a finished product, whether it's a photo or a piece of jewelry and go, yeah, that's great. Next. Like what would we, you know, we want to do, do what's straight the next away thing? Want something, yeah. Yeah. I want to start a new or want to continue with a, uh, the process that's ongoing with something else. And I think it's, it kind of clashes with trying to just live in the moment and enjoy things as they come because you don't want to always trying to be thinking 10 steps ahead, but I guess that's kind of the buzz as well, right? For sure, man. Like it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's such an interesting topic. And I'm just learning it all for myself. I feel like I'm in the middle of really understanding the process in so many aspects of my life, but it's beautiful, man, you know, because once you actually get there and you really enjoy the process, like, you know, it literally puts you in that moment. It puts you in that moment that you're on a shoot and you're shooting that artist in the desert and you don't care about the light too much. You don't care about the um um the composition too much or whatever. You're just like you're really in there and, and you can see that in the images in the end, you know? Like you can see that yeah. that photographer was like there. He was feeling that, you know, rather than just getting that one perfect photo. Um That's why intention is so important. And even the intention could just be, I'm gonna see what happens today. That's right? it. With no plan. That's still an intention. People think that you have to you know, be so focused on a plan and this and that. But sometimes it just, if if you, if you've got a creative flow going and you don't need to always have that, right? That's it. Um, do you prefer to be, because we've shot together a lot in the studio as well. Um, you know, I always like to hear if people are more interested or enjoy more of like that confined control, more controlled environment, or if they like to be kind of out and about, do you, do you have a preference? Is that your go-to? Is like out and about in the desert on the streets? I mean, it's it's like a comfort zone thing, right? Like obviously it's it's it feels great to shoot in a studio or like with like controlled environment, right? Because it just makes it so much easier. Instead of standing in a desert where it's like it's so windy, you almost can't stand, like all the dust is flowing in your eyes, like it's really hard, you know, but um it's a beautiful feeling. And in the end, it like, it has to do a little bit with like letting go, you know, you need to let go of that like perfect shot you want to get and just like go with the flow. And that's exactly what we did on that trip. And um, yeah, again, it, it was a beautiful process. Um, it, even things like, you know, me shooting in the middle of the day, you know, I shot at like yeah. 12 p.m., sun straight down, like like horrible lights theoretically, but it just like, if you change that perspective and make it about the process right about the end product, like things like that suddenly doesn't matter anymore because the artist I was shooting was in his element. I was in my element and we created some awesome stuff together and the light didn't even matter too much anymore, right? I think that's really important. I think people, um, you know, even me, I've always emphasized the importance of golden hour photography because it, it makes certainly beginners and, and amateurs makes their life easier, right? Because the light is kind of doing a lot of the work for you. But I think to really go up a level, you've got to force yourself to be able to shoot in any time of day, right? That's it. I think that's when you really know that your photographer is able 100%. to get good shots. You've got to change your mindset. You've got to change your, your technical outlook. You've got to change probably your concepts in general. But um, I think that's super important. Something I'm working on as well. It's just so difficult. And it, and it's and it's easy to give up. So oh, I don't like shit. You know, it lights too hard. And, and well, for sure, man. And you know, like you have like a beautiful sunset happening, like 
yeah, of course the, the image is going to look cool, but like actually trying new things and like shoot it in the middle of the day and like, you know, maybe do some slow shutter and make it black and white afterwards or whatever, you know, there's so many, so many ways to explore, but I totally get it. You know, like, like I still love sunsets and sunrises. I still think it's beautiful to shoot. Right. But especially if you have a little bit of time pressure as well, sometimes you just got to make the most out of things as well. You know, like, like we were in LA just for a week. I didn't want to like sit around all day and just shoot at night. Right. I really wanted to like have that experience and connect with the artist and like shoot and like, yeah. What would you do differently? I mean, people watching, listening, this might be embarking on a personal project or might be even a commercial project. Um, Hopefully it's a commercial project, but. If you look back on that trip, which was di- very different because it was, it's kind of a commercial product, but it's like your own commercial project, right? And obviously, I'm, I couldn't come with you, but like, I'm going to be seeing these photos. I'm going, they're fucking shit, or they're amazing, right? Of course, they're amazing, but do you know what I mean? Like, when if you look back on that now, you still had a lot. I know because I spoke to you every day. Like, you had a lot of pressure on you for you put a lot on yourself, obviously, because you're a true artist. I think that's important as well, but. If you look back on that now, what would you do differently, if anything, on the whole trip? Good question. Um, I I think I, I think I wouldn't do anything different. To be honest, um, I'm I'm pretty. Oh really? I've seen the photos. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't think I would do anything differently. It it was just like, I feel like I should have probably been a little bit nicer to myself because, like. Like man, in these ten days, I barely slept. I like I barely ate. It was like yeah, like exhausting. As, as exhausting due to the shooting, but also um, putting so much pressure on yourself because, as you said, yes, it was a commercial project, but it was also my own commercial project. And I hope no none of my clients listening right now, but like it's still a little <laughs> bit more pressure than like if you're shooting commercially for someone, right? Um. Because I knew everything I do will build the brand right now. Like, like it's so important. Like, there's no, yeah, there's there's no way around that. And then it also was like two of my good friends with me that I kind of had to direct and like make sure they they're not fucking around or whatever. You know, like that we're actually getting what we want to get, which which isn't easy. You know, especially with friends. I think like I'm 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 quite bad at that actually. Like telling people what to do and with close friends even more so yeah it, it was a it, it was a lot of pressure man a lot of pressure so i feel like afterwards because everything worked out great right i wish i would have been a little bit more yeah nicer to myself to don't give myself too much pressure and you know nicer to your friends <laughs> to them as well yeah no not you were too nice probably it's difficult, isn't it? Because, um, you know, to start off in this game and, and even like we have friends now who still do proper commercial jobs and take their friends along. I mean, you've, you've, you've taken friends along and you've also been that friend that they've taken along as well. How, how does, if you're the director and you're the guy that's got the job and you're bringing a friend, like, you know, obviously you pay them, but maybe it's discount rate and friends getting content as well. You know, how do you even navigate that? What's... I mean, I mean, I know there is no easy answer, but what I'm, um, I'm a little bit like because it, it's so hard to like. On the one side, it's it's awesome to work with your your best mates, right? Like, like what's cooler than that, you know? 
But then on the other side, especially if, if you have the pressure of like, you know, getting a certain amount of content or whatever, like not even not even too much about that shoot, but like I did another shoot last year for Mercedes and it was a similar scenario. Um, yeah, so I don't know if it, if it would be just easier to hire someone that you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was talking about this with Giovanna. I don't think you know her, Giovanna Fana. She was on the podcast um, a couple of months ago. And she did a, I mean, she's, um, how can I put this politely? She's um, older than me, shall we say. And she's been doing, about, been doing photography about as long as me. And she, she shoots similar stuff. She loves portraits, uh, mainly in, in Africa. And um, she went, she's been on a couple of photo tours where there's groups, right? So it's not a commercial project, so it's different. But she's done it with a couple of her, you know, a couple of friends, like, cool, go on a photo trip together, like epic, right? Okay, you're paying out of your own pocket, but it's kind of like a holiday together yeah. and you're getting photos at the same time. She was like, I fucking, I hated it because people were getting in my way, but because they're my friends, like it's more difficult to just say, you know, Get push aside right or it's my turn or you know maybe we're going or it's more difficult to go and do things on your own because you kind of feel like you have to bring your friends with you so it's i just advise like it's it's such like yeah it can save you money and you can create probably a lifelong experience most of the times for where sure you, you'll remember it forever but it may cost you the job yeah, and and like you know, it's 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 awesome when you finish the shoot and you go for dinner and you're hanging out with your best mates in LA. You know that's great, but once it comes to the shoot, it's like, um, and just to mention that both of them did absolutely great. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> just thought I have to say that now. <laughs> no, like, like seriously, like without them, of like course. we wouldn't even be anywhere close where we are now right now. And they did an amazing job, and and I know how much effort they put into it as well. And, um, yeah, like I absolutely value that time and effort, like 100%. But when I have a vision of what I want to create, I've, I've fall into like, like a flow state kind of scenario and it's, it's hard for me to communicate then. And it's hard for me to communicate in a too nice way, I guess. And yeah, like maybe some people might get it in a little wrong way. I don't know. Um, yeah. But it's just like you're so into your thing, you're so into like the shooting and you're so into like, you know, like, and especially there, it was like that because I was so extremely well connecting with the artists or like the skateboarder, for example, the models and what we were shooting was so like intense and it was hard for me during that time capturing my own photos, but then also telling someone else like kind of what to do. Um, so yeah, I don't really have an answer to that. Mm -hmm, I guess no, it's just... Because on the other side, you think um, it's a good challenge for yourself, right? You come out of it probably a better professional, probably a better photographer, maybe better person, definitely, if you're able to deal with that and manage it and manage it well. Totally. Um, and if you don't manage it well, you might be able to learn something from it, right? So 100%. It's, um, it's a difficult one. And, but and you know what? Like, like, Elliot wasn't there for too long, but like Chris and I, we got even closer through that trip than we were before because um it's not that we actually have any had any issues but it was like a few moments where we were a little bit like oh of know, course what the fuck's going on 24 hours a day together 24 hours you know sleeping in the same room and and so on but um 
actually both of us then communicating about it afterwards and like talking about it, I think just made us even stronger as like friends, you know, our relationship yeah. now is, is deeper than it was before, I guess, you know? Cool. And it's cool as well to see how, how the other person shoots, what the other person thinks about things like, because we, we actually have like quite different styles. So it's sometimes very interesting how he sees it or how I saw it. And, and, um, I'm quite impressed sometimes when I look at the footage that he captured, like how beautifully, how, how great he showed it. Cool. Well, thanks to Chris for, for helping us out. Um, you mentioned earlier about, um, I mean, black and white's an interesting topic and, um, I don't want to bore people, but I think it's an interesting topic because I've never been a fan. I always think, and now I am, like I even do some of my own photos in private, in black and white. So it's the studio stuff. Um, but you're colorblind, right? And we talked about this on the, on the last podcast. Um, how does that play into your, do you decide before you shoot that something is likely going to be black and white? You, you know, you get on a location, go, oh, this, this is going to look sick and black and white because it's going to, Maybe because of the light. I mean, obviously, harsher lighting, you can kind of get away with it more in black and white. But, um, you know, do you have a conscious thought process or do you get it on your computer and go and just kind of try it out? Um, more recently, I'm I'm quite conscious about it. I'm like, oh, like, I'm going to shoot this and this here and there and, and I'm going to make it black and white. Um, like, for example, I shot, it's, it's like a year ago already, but I shot like a horse at the beach. And also it was very harsh light as well, but I knew before already I want, I want these images to be black and white. Why? Because it was harsh light because the sand was, it's like a black sand beach and the, the horse was white. So I just cool. felt like that, that contrast just looks cool. Right. So the color contrast of the scene dictate that in that instance or in future instances can dictate your choice already. Right. So you can look at, your frame or your location and go it's just an internal feeling i guess is that what you're saying for sure yeah i, like, I think <clears throat> in general contrast is a very interesting thing um and black and white actually has like like it's a lot about the contrast right so um yeah for sure and especially with that shoot for example yes the sand was black but it wasn't black black so it almost went a little bit into like a brownish direction which i think in color would have just not looked that great yep. you know with your color blindness and so presuming maybe some people hadn't watched our first um, episode together they should go and watch it uh how does the color blindness play into everything i mean does it really inhibit you or did you even notice it like i know you notice it most when you're editing obviously but how do you get around that or do you just, is it just kind of, um, I don't know, I guess more of an innate thing now that you just, you just edit and it comes out. Okay. Or is it, do you consciously aware of it all the time? I am, but same with that. I'm, I'm, I'm at a point of like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Like there, 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 there were many, many years of like me sending like any images that I edited to a friend um, who was a photographer as well or my sister or my mom even but right now I'm, I'm like man that's how I see the world that's how I edit it and if it's weird it's weird if not then cool but like yeah but how do you get the colors because I mean 
you know, we're, we're going to talk about some of these photos in a minute, but you, you colours are pretty, pretty fucking good. Are they? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, well, that, that's that's good to know. I mean, colorblind doesn't mean that I can't see colors, right? Yeah. I just see yeah. like certain tones differently. Like the the best example I can give is, for example, like you know how after sunset sometimes the clouds kind of turn pink. Yeah. That's really hard for me to see. Like sometimes the photographers start shooting the sunset. I'm like, what the fuck are you shooting? But it's it's actually like that. Yeah. So. I think you should tell people that you can't see any color. <laughs> and people are like, oh my God, wow. it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it could be a good concept. Eh? Maybe <laughs> they can get some jobs that way. We could be the colorblind brand. Yeah, literally. You're right. Um, so yeah, like like obviously I can see color. Um, it's just like little tones. They're like different to how you see it. And um, can't change it man like you know it is what it is i guess um I, I still struggle a lot with like skin tones and stuff so i'm I'm actually it's great to hear but i also don't really trust anyone really so i'm not too sure if it's actually that good you know um but what can i do I well would... we all see things a little bit differently i mean color is so difficult to get right anyway 100%, let yeah. alone if you add on color blindness um I, I mean i still struggle with it a lot um and that's what takes up most of my editing time, actually, is the color grading. Yeah. Um, playing for hours on the, on the hue and saturation um, tabs in Lightroom and then again in Photoshop with the cur- light curves. Like it's, and I still don't get it right. And then I think, oh, well, maybe my screen's not calibrated. And then I put it on my phone, it looks different. different and then yeah. you put it on Instagram, it looks different. <laughs> and then put it on one screen, like my studio screen upstairs, different. And they're all meant to be calibrated. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I, I give up. I'm just going to go home it's, and have a It's beer. definitely like, it's huge, man. That's that's why there's professional color graders, right? That's True. why that's like a job. Um, it's massive, yeah. But then again, like, you know, if if you feel it, how it looks, right? And that's cool. And again, it comes back to the process as well. If you actually enjoy the process of it, then what, uh, what else does matter, I guess, you know? Well, I mean, we're talking about these prints on the walls. I mean, we chose these. We kind of curated them together. I mean, they're all yours, um, but we wanted to show some beauty, but show some mystery as well, right, with the, with the images. But also, they had to kind of fit together in terms of the colors. Like, quite a few are black and white, um, and, and, and others aren't. Even the color ones, we had to get the warmth correct with both of them. So when you print them as well, that's it's just it's just different again so that doesn't look like it does on my screen yeah, yeah, because yeah. it depends on the printer and depends yeah. on the paper um so much behind it. so much behind it but give us i mean i i love this image we'll, we'll put it on the screen for people watching this um and apologies for people just listening to it but um we'll, we we can we can send them a link tell us about this image and was this a lucky shot or was this a a, a deliberate no, it, that was like an absolute lucky shot. Um, I can't believe it actually worked out that great. Um, yeah, it's the uh, Sala de Uyuni in Bolivia, which is, I'm pretty sure, the biggest salt flat in the world, I guess. Yeah. And this was when? A couple of years ago? That was February 2022. So like, yeah, almost two years ago. Yeah. Damn, almost two years ago. Um, so yeah, you can see my good friend Clay. Um we were shooting for like a week there. Great example as well. It was like a 
photography trip. So we were like seven or eight different photographers, um, which was awesome because we're all creatives, but it was also like, as you mentioned before, it's like, dude, you're standing in my shot and like, oh, I saw this before you and so on, you know, so it, it became a little bit like too much, um, but great people, like all of them are, are very close friends of mine. So it was a beautiful trip. Um, but yeah, in the end, like there was just a storm coming up in the bag and I saw Clay standing a little bit further away and he was wearing all white and it just fit in perfectly. And especially in black and white, that one just pops out so much Slaps. more. Slaps. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I was <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know if these people understand my language, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, like it's it's definitely one of my all-time favorite shots. But but I can see the difference in your in your thought pros between something like this and then something like Jade here in this photo, right? It's because that's like almost two years ago. Like a yeah. lot of things changed. Like that that's literally one of these examples that are, that we were talking about earlier. Like it's so like clean, you know? Like it's perfect. It's yeah. it's like you know sounds arrogant, but it's it's pretty perfect in terms of composition and like you know everything and like there's no no like like little spots or anything like that. Um, if I by the way, sorry to interrupt. I really like the slightly off white that the sat uh, the salt is because if it was pure white, it would just go straight in with his clothes. Exactly, like. yeah. So like um, that was obviously intentional. <laughs> <laughs> Art of intent. Okay. Exactly. Um, but yeah, a lot, a lot changed in in the last since, since I shot that. Um, so yeah, now I'm probably doing more stuff like that, which is you know a little bit less perfect and more feeling, I guess. Um, Definitely more, I guess, emotion behind that style of image. Emotion, yeah. Like I just wanted more. I don't know if real is the right word. I don't think that's a that looks real, but like I think it's more authentic. You know, like it looks like that could have actually been a moment right while that is like obviously it's staged, right? Obviously like I kind of directed him to stand exactly there. So yep. aligns with the thing and whatever. Which is still like that one especially I think is so cool. But like I feel like I'm going way more into that direction that other photo year as well, which is um <laughs> what's her name? <laughs> a model. A model. Um Jenbo, Jenbo, yeah. <clears throat> um, and we were literally just running on the beach for... Naked. Naked, yeah. I wasn't naked. <laughs> just saying, you know. <laughs> just imagine you both running on the beach naked. You've got a camera in your hand. <laughs> imagine going, that. Wait for me. No, no, no. So that was actually, it was her, me, Elliot, and another um, friend of mine, Barney, and it was dark and one of us was holding the light and the other two were running after her and it was dark at the beach, right? So it was pretty much three guys chasing a naked girl on the beach with a light. <laughs> Sounds a bit rapey, mate. <laughs> I know. Um, but that's how we created that photo. Um, but yeah, it's it's like, I didn't care about my settings there, you know? Like, I didn't really like think about these things too much it was just like more like really getting that that motion that feeling of her being like kind of like alone slash lonely on a beach at night you know um and I, i'm really trying to go into that direction way more um and i think a lot of that has to do with like your equipment as well um 
just like you know forcing yourself on only using one lens or t- even just one prime lens like like i started shooting everything on like my 24 mil before i got the leica <laughs> um i forced myself and shoot on the 24 sigma lens sony camera that's it not no 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 zoom lens is nothing else just that that's like you know um and then obviously now i'm shooting on a beautiful leica m11 yeah which is the Yore camera apparently <laughs> <laughs> um which is a 35 mil but it puts you in i mean to be honest sometimes it's annoying sometimes i'm like dude it would be sick to have like a 200 mil right now or something you know but it makes you be more in the moment it makes you you have to be engaged with your subject you have to like you know walk around you have to work hating lenses yeah hate them it's like again it's like i think it's cheating it's yeah totally it's like get in there get get close you're never close enough for sure in in the moment 100 percent. and your quality the quality of the image is not as good either like you're gonna get technical about it and also like just stepping down from your whatever you want to call it but like just like accepting that you got a one lens and that's what you can get fuck you can't get this 200 mil also you have more uniformity 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 yeah. Don't ask me. Uniformity. You have more consistency, right, with your image images. So if you go into a project like that, you you basically want two focal lengths. Said no more than that, really. Totally. And the thing with zooms are, oh god, I hate them so much. Like you, you people just like in and out, in and out, and then maybe here, then maybe there. Like you've got all these different compressions and different focal lengths on your images. Like that yeah. doesn't make a consistent series. Hundred yeah. percent. What are you trying to? What are you trying to say? It's just. It's laziness, in my opinion, for but, sure, um, for sure. And it's I, like, I understand how they. I, I definitely understand how they can be useful, but one hundred percent for commercial work or whatever, yeah. like totally makes sense. But like, um, yeah, just having that one or two prime lenses and like having to make it all work with that is it's um, a beautiful experience and it's it's quite an annoying journey to get there. You know, like for example, like the trip LA Hong Kong, I shot everything on the Leica 35 millimeter, you know, like there's no other lens. That's it. Um, which is, oh, I, re- I remember that camera. Oh, really? Yeah. You, I used to have an M11. Are you serious? Oh no. My God. Don't know where it's gone. <laughs> it used to be sat up here in the office. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's a beautiful camera, man. <laughs> it is. You beautiful. can try mine out if you want. Oh, someday. thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Beautiful camera, by the way. Like, it like seriously, it, like it's incredible. The shooting that experience, lens, that lens, the shooting experience. Um, it's extremely slow, but like, and and I, I fucking hated it in the beginning, man. Oh my god, it pissed me off. Like, not on that trip, but like before when 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 I first got it from you, I borrowed it from you. Um, like I didn't like it, man. But now I'm so so aligned with it. Like, you know, it's. It's been a beautiful journey that camera. So it, it changed. I don't. You don't even know what you did to me with that camera, but it literally changed my point on how I see photography and how I shoot and my entire style. Because yeah, I feel like now I'm actually becoming a photographer. You know what I mean? Like, like not a spray and pray. That's it. You can't spray and pray with that camera. No, no. You know. I, th- I think everyone should. I mean, you could go back and back. I mean, people criticize me for not. You know. You know, I don't know. Anyone can criticize anyone for not doing anything, and I don't want any of this to sound critical at all because we have our own ways of shooting, right? Totally. Um, I don't want to criticize people, even though I just did, but zoom lenses. But I think everyone should be at some point try to shoot a whole 
project, a whole series, or for a certain amount of time, a whole day, a whole week, a whole month with a prime lens, fixed lens, and manual focus. Manual focus, yeah. That's it. You will think entirely, completely different about photography. It will be so difficult and so annoying. It'll be so annoying because you think you'll miss the best shots because you, you're just not used to it. But that teething process, and once you get through that, oh man, it's rewarding. And again, process, you know, yeah. like, like the process of actually getting the photos is so much more often process instead of just like, you know, spraying, you know, like, and, and hoping that one out of 200 photos is in focus and looks good. Right. And, and to be fair, I've been doing that for years, you know? Um, well, well I, I mean, we all still we, do we it all, at yeah. some point. It depends what we're shooting. And, and it's fair. And even as you said, as like criticizing people, it's not what we want to do. Yeah. But like, it's also part of the process, right? Like, everyone might get to that like I don't want to say that that's the only path you can do but maybe people that are like shooting on zoom lenses right now and doing like you know just hoping that something looks good in the end maybe that's just part that's just where they are in their their path right now and they will get to something else in the future because that was me even a year ago right and now I'm like the complete opposite right now I'm shooting on the Leica on manual focus um trying to create something like that while I was shooting like one and a half years ago, something like that on like a Sony. But they're both still, I mean, you still have amazing photos, whatever you're using. It's just your style has changed a little bit or you've evolved into, into something else, I guess. Which I, I love. that's really important for people to understand is it's not change. It's not um, criticism of certain styles. What I, what I feel comfortable criticizing is when I don't know how to put this. When people, I mean, let's take social media, right? I mean, because we talk about this all the time. So, I actually talked about this a lot with Joey R, and we we kind of differed in opinion on it. Um, if we're not critical of certain forms or certain standards, then I don't know what we're doing. Totally. Like, I think it's okay to be judgmental sometimes. I think it's okay to want better standards with anything you do, but photography being one of them, the problem with photography is because it's a, a medium of art, a form of art, should I say, through a specific medium, which is basically quite easy to, to do. Anyone can learn it, right? The technical aspect of it. That doesn't mean that a photo taken with a Sony A7R5 um, with great lighting is a brilliant photo, right? It's like, what constitutes, and I ask this people all the time, what constitutes a good photo? You know, and some people say, well, whatever it means to you, right? Or, oh, well, the technical stuff, you know, good lighting, sharp focus, good expression, whatever. I mean, it's so difficult to qualify. Um, at some point, I do believe we have to do it because with AI coming in on the back end, plus throw in the social media pressures that people just spray and pray, spray and pray. I need to get posts. I need to get shots. I need to slap on a preset. Oh yeah, it looks fine. Get that for me is not photography. And if you look at, it sounds a bit purist, but if you look at the best photographers in the world, even today, they don't do that. That is not their process. 100%. Right? A, they're telling a story. B, they have intention behind whatever they're shooting. Well, you look at some of the best photographers out there, um, past and present, um, you know, pick anyone, even, even let's take some, someone, some people today who are successful in whatever realm, 
even in the Instagram realm, right? Let's take someone, I mean, Alex Stroll, right? Interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, 2 million followers on Instagram, very successful. You would think very successful with the brands he's worked with. Obviously no idea about the money he's earned, but I'm sure he's been successful in his own way in that. He's done amazing projects. He's made a difference. He's grown brilliantly on social media. Every photo he does has intention behind it. 100%, he's trying yeah. to tell something whether that's like the smallest stupid little narrative or not, or a part of a bigger project, but bigger series, bigger expose, even someone like Luke Stackpole or George Hammond, George, our friend George, like incredible photographer, right? For because sure. he's going into something with intent. Whether you agree with that style or you like it or don't like it, you have to respect it. You have to appreciate it. But that's not spray and pray. And they get conflated too much, I think. And, and, and that is what I'm critical of. So when, kind of when I'm talking about zoom lenses and that style of photography, I think it's okay for us to pop up a finger and go, no, like that is a form of photography, but it's, it's not, it's, I don't think it's qualified as like, would never be in that good or amazing or life-changing or inspirational photography. I think, especially with that stuff, it's like, and I feel like, yeah, I mean, we've all been there, but I think it, it just misses the soul of it, you know, because like if you're producing something and you're literally producing something on such a fast paced um, method, you know, like you're literally, you're missing the soul of it. And that's what it's all about, especially in terms of art, right? Um, and I feel that a lot with like younger creators and, and their work is sometimes like it's awesome, you know, on a technical level, like it looks it looks fucking cool, like you know, like it's it's good, but like it just misses that that soul yeah. part that comes in with like you know slowing down. Um, I can't judge him because that's exactly what I did for so many years, you know, like. And and maybe that's just part of the process, you know. Maybe maybe you have to go through that stage to then slow down a little bit. Maybe even with everything in life, right? Maybe I don't know. Maybe that's part of the process, you know. Maybe. Uh, I don't think social media, I think the problem is actually us as consumers, not us as photographers. And again, it's not, for these people, it's not about the process. It's about the end result because the end result gives them or provides them with a lifestyle. Dopamine. That's the problem. Or dopamine, yeah. So like, that's the problem. They're, they're doing it to live a certain lifestyle or like, you know, to become well-known, to, to, you know, become big on social media or whatever, instead of doing it because they enjoy the process, you know. Um, which is maybe not the best, I guess. Yeah, uh, I, I let's not talk about social media again. <laughs> um, I have a love hate relationship, and it's it's working out for me well at the moment because I think we do everything. The whole team does everything with a good intention, right? We're we're doing something with a specific purpose, and um, we're enjoying the process most of the time. Sometimes it can be just a lot, but. I think that is that is everything. I think intention is is absolutely everything. If you come to me and go, look, I want to be, um, I want to get a million followers on Instagram. Uh, okay, like if that's if that's your intent with your photography, then don't don't market yourself with something else, right? That's it. Fair enough. Um, but the 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 problem is, I guess, not the photographers. It's more the people go, oh, that's that's an that's an amazing shot, right? For sure. Okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, right. that, let's tell me about like, I mean, we talk about your kind of more new style, but at least these types of ethereal, certainly slow shutter stuff. 
I imagine it's difficult to pitch with photos like this, or is it? Because, you know, all of us out here think, you know, I've had limited experience with commercial work, but I know enough to know that most brands will want something, I don't know, a little bit more like that. Or if it's product, let's take cars, for example. It's like, how are you going to sell that as, you know, on your pitch deck when you're pitching for jobs? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it definitely gets harder, but also easier, which <laughs> um, I think because my style becomes more and more like different than to many other people which is a huge plus point in terms of pitching to people because they're going to be like oh hold on this guy's actually like very different to all the other photographers that are reaching out to us right but then as you say yes it's hard to then find brands as well they align with that style too so it's like good and bad at the same time i guess but in the end it, it puts um I mean, a position of like, I might not get the same amount of jobs that I used to get, but the jobs I get are way more aligned with what I want to do, right? So in the end, it's great, I think, because I actually get hired for doing what I love to do rather than like, hey, go shoot that model on that beach and get like super clean images kind of thing. Well, if she's naked, you can take four of you and just run after her. <laughs> Good um, point. What's next, mate? How do you evolve from here? What Do you have um, ideas in mind? Do you want to keep kind of chasing different dreams or styles with your photography? Is it more about business? Is it obviously you're going to put a lot of your heart and soul into your aid, but you know, photography is going to continue with it. So what w- what's next for you in terms of your evolution? Um, I think right now your aid has such a big... Um place in my life in terms of time but it also in terms of passion which totally aligns with my photography right like I'm I'm in in a prime position of like involving as a photographer shooting commercially but for my own label so that's like suddenly I'm on that side and on that side right I'm like the creator but I'm also like the, the label or the brand so um, I absolutely enjoy that getting more creative trying new things um, and shooting it for our brand, um, which is, yeah, that's awesome. And I really want to focus that for now. And then let's see what else, come, what else comes. Um, I'm not focusing too much and doing much other um, photography things at the moment, I guess. Everything will kind of relate to your area. And the cool thing, again, is like, if I want to do a personal shoot, I can so easily combine it with your area. And, you know, like, oh, I want to shoot, I don't know, like a motorbike up in Kintamani in the lava fields. It's going to be easy to include the jewelry to it, you know? And like, I mean, it's it's the dream, right? Like suddenly I'm shooting for my own brand, my my own passion projects. Like what else would you want? So that's it for the next few months or year, I guess. And um, let's see what in what direction everything else goes. But Where can people follow us now? We we just look at, as we're recording this, it's uh, 1st of December. Merry Christmas, everyone. Um, when we release this, it'll probably be next week, hopefully. Um, by which time we, you know, we're working all hours of the day to get everything ready um, in terms of jewelry production, photos, um, product photos, launch video, website. I, the more I talk about this, the more I get heart palpitations. Um, <laughs> but we, yeah, we, we're going to have everything done, obviously, before we launch this. Tell tell people where you know can find everything. 
Yeah. So first of all, check out our Instagram, um, which is yourright.co. Um, and check out our other Instagram, which is House of Yore, which is probably more for like people in Bali. If if you're in Bali, come over, check out our art house. You know, have a coffee, check out the jewelry, check out the art on the on the walls. Um, we got a beautiful upstairs area as well with a terrace and um, outside sitting area, and obviously our studio, which is for rent. Um, so that's one thing, House of Yore, and the other one is Yore.co, which is the label. Um, and the community, we, we don't want to build that as like a um, brand page, right? We're going to continue like sharing art, sharing art from different people, sharing our inspiration. Images, inspiration. Um, yeah, like like it's going to be a lot. I don't want to speak about it too much because it's also like still, you know, um, a little surprise, I guess. But yeah. um, that's it. And obviously check out our website as well, um, yourray.co. Uh, yeah, so obviously this is, um, you know, kind of like a launch podcast, I guess, for your age. So it's, it's, it's extremely exciting. People can find us, obviously, where we've said we'll put everything in the description, um, links in the description and everything. Please come and check us out. We'll be doing some launch discounts. Um, and people who are in Bali, like you said, come and check us out. We, we serve some incredible coffee. Um, for sure. Which uh, we're very proud about and um, we've worked really hard to create something special with the specialty coffee. Um, it's specialty because we've ha- had a, I guess, an artistic input in everything we've done from from the farm. We have a direct trade relationship with, which, which we believe is super important. Um, they're also in Indonesia, so we're keeping everything as local as possible, which I also think is really important. Um, so we've, in my opinion, we found some of the best Javanese beans and the best farm that I, I've, I've had anything to do with. And, um, obviously we have this place. So we, we rose down the road. Um, we basically sell two beans and we, we brew them in various different ways. So we'd really love to have as many people here as possible soon, wouldn't we? And, um, if we don't sell anything like match or anything, but you know, I guess you've <laughs> got to enjoy coffee. We do sell tea. Do sell tea. We yeah. do sell tea, which was um, your idea. So thanks for that. Um, yeah, that's about it. I think also like it's beautiful how we made the coffee align with the jewelry. You know, like instead of just having a coffee machine in here and like selling coffee to people, we actually really tried to have a similar standard and process we have with the jewelry also for the coffee because the jewelry is very unique, right? Like with the gemstones or um, how we produce it the silver like it's it's so much behind that so much intention we did the same with the coffee which um yeah we we really enjoy and i think it's awesome to bring people together through all of these mediums yeah. right yeah i think that's that's huge um and to have everything made here in indonesia i think it's something we're really proud of totally, it's, it's yeah. been difficult um it still is. <laughs> it still is. Um, especially on the coffee side, I think Indonesian coffee is not known to be, you know, it's not usually in the same conversations as Ethiopian coffee, as Colombian coffee, as Guatemalan coffee, Rwanda, Kenya, these types of places. But uh, for me, it's it's super special. And we 
we have created even the appearance of the coffee, but especially the taste, something I don't think we could have created that as well as we have if we didn't already have the jewelry concept and the jewelry being totally. produced because you know the way the way we do photography, the way we do jewelry also goes into like the dirty and imperfectness of imperfection imperfectness imperfectionism yes. imperfection the un imperfect way we present the coffee right take the angel main which is our signature espresso drink it's dirty right? it's dirty it's, and it's, it's style as well you know that's super styling that's that's the beautiful thing how it aligns with photography how it aligns with the jewelry you know like it's it's art you know yeah like you need to have a style as a barista to create your signature drink for example yeah same as a photographer same as a jewelry designer um so yeah it's all very much connected um And if people want us for none of that, that's cool. We also can be a production house if they wanted to be us, want us to be a production house. I mean, the studio is upstairs. We're usually where we do the podcast. So, you know, we're open for that. We're open for people to come in, do their own podcast. We're open for people to rent the studio for photography, for videography, for product shots, whatever they want. It's it's great. Yeah. Product shots, um, any, any kind of studio shoots. We got different backgrounds, different lights. Yeah. Um, And yeah, especially for podcasts as well, I think it's like, I don't think there's another studio in Bali you can like get such a unique setup, right? They're all very like clean and neat while this is more like, you know, yeah, special. Yeah. Like everything in here. Well, on that note, thanks, mate. Um, Thank you. I'd like to say thanks for coming, but we were already here. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> we're here every day at the moment, but it's nice to just sit down and chat. So um, for I, sure. hope, I hope people, um, got as much out of it as, as we did and uh totally until next time i guess might be uh this time next year when we're i'd love to i'd love to look back next year on this podcast and be like you remember man well we even like, nine months ago looking at the podcast we did you know we barely knew each other right so again it's beautiful how life works sometimes eh? yeah. like like how little connections you meet someone here this and this happens and now look at us like this this is actually crazy i still can't believe it so yeah it's insane thank you man Appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks to everyone watching and um, Merry Christmas. Fuck You're not Christmas. into Christmas, are you? Fuck Christmas. <laughs> See you later.